Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of the Casually Kicking It Podcast Sports Edition. This is a, um, what I call a spinoff off of our regular uh, traditional podcast. Just kind of testing the waters here, talking sports, talking fantasy, sometimes we you know dip our toes into some baseball some basketball some hockey depending on what we feel like but on today's show we've got tony's in the building what's up gianni's in the building yep. we got santos back in the building and we got big dog brian in the building and then we got your boy ed flying pilot what it would like you said would it be considered in the building if they're on the phone yeah i don't think they're in the building but they're special guests sure Alright, so um, on tonight's episode, or today's episode, we're recording this at night, so I'm saying tonight. Um, today's episode, what do we want to talk about? What do we have on the list? Tony, did you have something that we can go by? Because uh, I'm a little uh, I'm a little off this week. No, um, I th- well, why are you off? Um, I had to do some procedures on Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> You're no longer full of shit? Exactly. <laughs> Look... As we all get older, as males specifically, you got to handle and take care of some stuff. How was that experience for you? I got an endoscopy and colonoscopy, and you can go ahead and Google that shit, (laughs) and you'll know what it's all about. So how was it in the days leading up to it? It was terrible. (laughs) Now, out of this group... Hey. Go ahead, Big Dog. I was about to say, Ed, you backed up, Big Dog? Nah, no more. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I'll tell you how how prep day went. I, I won't I won't go into specifics. It's real quick. No, I want specifics. So, so prep day, you can't eat, right? You're on a liquid diet, and then it has to be clear liquids. So you're either on like chicken broth, beef broth, Jello, uh, Crystal Light, you know, lemonade, apple juice, and then um, for my prep, they had me do. I had to take three laxatives at a certain point of the day to start off. And then you have a 60-something ounce Gatorade full with Miralax. It's like 200 and something grams of Miralax. And you have to dump that entire bottle into the Gatorade, mix it up real well, and you have to drink an 8-ounce glass every 20 minutes of that until you finish the entire solution. Then a couple hours later, you got to take two more laxatives. A lot of shit. Easy yeah, so you're just shitting yeah. all over yourself. Pretty much. I mean, speaking of people shitting all over themselves, what's going on with, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals offense, Joe Burrow? You might need to get closer to the mic because I can hardly hear well, you. Well, Joe Burrow and Chase and now Higgins is hurt. Is I there mean, any hope for this team? Can they turn it around? Do you remember Remember when I had my bold prediction about the Chiefs and how they were going to, like, get injured and not be good and fall in the lottery? Well... It's I just the, I just screwed it up. It's I meant the Bengals. the Bengals. It's the Bengals that are going to do that this year. That's well. Let's that's hear what, what uh, Big Dog and Santos have to say. Let's let's go, Big Dog, since uh, he's uh, our special guest tonight on the episode or today. I keep saying tonight because we're recording this tonight. But uh, Big Dog, what do you think about the Cincinnati Bengals? Will they be able to turn it around? Yeah, man. But it's it's going to be one of those I think second half of the season. So for fantasy purposes, depending on your team, I might not be too into on them but i think there's players worth having but yeah it's gonna be a, it's more of a buy low if you have a good team and then if your team ain't doing too well you might want to consider making some some big dog moves so what would a big dog move be in this instance if you're a fantasy owner who has like chase or higgins or burrow what would a big dog move be if you were one of those owners well it depends if i'm losing or not if i'm 
if I'm up three one, I'm probably not moving anybody in particular because you're not going to get the value that you probably want out of it. And then if I'm zero and four, one and three. I probably would consider to try to make a, a deal for maybe a, a good two for one. You know, I think we had a good deal for like JJ in our league, something like that. But you know, it's only it's only so many deals that you can make without really losing too much because you still, whenever you lose a star, you want to have good players back if you're going to deal them. But Sound- in our league and probably most league, people don't know how to make good deals. Oh jeez! Oh wow! Hey, okay. There's been there has been some questionable deals in this league, but for the most part, I think. We're all pretty active and it gets pretty exciting. But, I mean, speaking on the Bengals and their receiving core, Sanos in our league has Jamar Chase. And, and he's, T. Higgins. And T. Higgins. And he's sitting at 0-4. So, like, does he have the time to wait around for Burrow to be back? Like, what do you think What do you think Sanos should do in this situation? Or well, I want to hear what Santos to has to say about – I keep saying his name like my my Spanish is coming out. Santos. I mean, it is Santos. Yeah, well, you know. Can we can we, uh, can we we run down your team real quick? Is that okay? Uh, yeah, I mean, as someone who is also shitting themselves, like the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals, I seem to be doing that this year as well. Good my first back. take on the Bengals is – I'm, I'm not 100% certain, but I think last year they also started off 0-2, and, and there was a big there. This year they're 1-3, but it doesn't – it looks worse. It feels worse. Everything just seems to be turmoiling downhill, and I don't see any progress happening. If they turn it around, like Big Dog said, it's probably going to be a Week 9, Week 10 thing. I, I Right now I just don't see them – you know, really turning it around quickly. There's a lot going on there. When it comes to fantasy, what are you going to do, man? Guys like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they're still big names, they're still big players. Fantasy, all you really need is one big play to be relevant. Uh, those guys, you know, like, uh, what I hate most is, you know, they're, they're not in games, they're getting beat, and they're still not putting up the offensive numbers. You'd think if their defense was getting lit up, you know, Joe Burrow still has the ability to, like, sling the ball. You know, you think they'd be throwing it a lot more. I don't know what's going on, but like, it's hard to have any faith there. Well, it seems you know, like I can't sell low. It seems like Burrow's injury is impacting their offense more than what anybody could have expected because bingo, they're out of shotgun. He's unable to move at all, and it impacts their ability to have him on five and seven step drops to allow the receivers to get further downfield. So all those big plays that we're accustomed to seeing like chase specifically make, we just aren't seeing this year. I I agree with you. I I think it all falls on burrow. I think that he's not as healthy as they make him seem to be Uh, that calf injury is obviously bothering him. And, and, you know, another reason why I say that is because one of, uh you know, we're Bucks fans. Well, me and Tony are Bucks fans. And you know that one of our rookies that we drafted this year now, has he's had a calf injury during pre um, or during training camp. And it's lingered into the season. And obviously they, they, they shut him down right after the first game he played when he had this issue. They haven't really shut down Burrow once the season started. And I, I think that this calf injury is a lot worse than what we, you know, but the NFL is such a shortened hyper speed season right that 
they're almost at this point, based on the record, because they are one in three, correct? Correct. So they're almost forced to play him. And I think it brings up like a broader point. It feels like the backup quarterback position should be the second most highly paid player on a football team because of how important that position is. And yet so many of these teams use it. It's like an afterthought to them. We're seeing it right now with the fact that Cincinnati's forced to play Joe Burrow. We're famously seeing it with the Jets, where they're now forced to play Zach Wilson. Shout out to him, though. But he who's, did play who's well the, who's the backup for well, in Cincinnati? Because if you... You if, can't name him. Exactly. And I think so that's I think, the point. Yeah. I, I still think that Zach Wilson is still a step above But you only know backups. Zach Wilson's name because he was the number two pick in the draft. I Can think, I say something real quick? Well, of course, big dog. That. Big oh. dog, please speak. Yeah. Well, thank you kindly. Um, first of all, this, this is my professional opinion. When you're talking about like the bottom half of QBs in the league and you're talking about backup quarterbacks, I mean, there's not much of a variation or difference between Zach Wilson and any other kind of backup QB. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Joe Burrow when healthy is a MVP caliber, you know, league winning type of QB. Um, so, you know, paying for a backup, they're not going to they're not going to produce Joe Burrow. If they're good enough to be as Joe Burrow, they wouldn't be a backup anyway. So, I mean, it's, it really is. You, you live and die by your starting QB in 99% of any any situation. Like, your backup, unless you got Tom Brady or some some ridiculous miracle. But if you lose your starting QB, you're done. Like, that's almost any, any league, any team. Yeah, if you lose them completely. But the argument right now is that the Bengals don't have – the luxury of even starting the season with Burrow, you know, letting him rest two, three weeks because they weren't confident in their backup quarterback position. Say they had somebody like Jacoby Brissett of the Washington Commanders. They would 100% have started the season with Brissett as their quarterback. Or if you if you transported or Brissett onto the Jets, what would your confidence level be and the Jets' ability to potentially make a playoff run with Jacoby Brissett versus Zach Wilson as their current quarterback? I think anyone would be better than Zach Wilson. Correct. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm about to say. <laughs> like I look at Jacoby Brissett. I mean, the Browns were almost a playoff team until Deshaun Watson came off a of suspension last year. And the Jets were a tailor-made yeah, yeah. playoff team this year, and we would all agree that they're a quarterback away, and yet they allowed themselves to basically be in a position where they were depending on the health of an old quarterback who, on the fourth snap of the season, his Achilles went snap. They were hoping for a uh, Tampa Bay Magic like Tom Brady? Correct. But even Tampa Bay invested in Blaine Gabbert, who has a number of oh years in the league. I know you did not bring up Blaine. Look, I know you're a jaded Jaguars well, fan, and Jets he was a first-round pick. Oh would the Jets God. rather have Blaine Gabbert than uh, Garrett Wilson right now? The Jets would be Wilson, but, uh, Zach, Zach, Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah, the Jets would be in a better position with Blaine Gabbert as their quarterback than Zach Wilson. <laughs> Let me ask you guys something. Let me ask you guys something, and I want an honest answer from you guys. Joe Burrow got what two hundred and fifty mil? Do you guys really 
believe that the organization is going to put that player on the field who isn't 100% healthy. Do you believe that? Yes, because... Because I find, it, I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't sacrifice two, maybe three weeks with uh, their backup is Jake Browning. I had to look it up because I didn't know who the heck it was. Never heard of him. Nobody it. knows who that who that guy is, right? But do you not think that, you know, they feel confident enough about their team, they could put Jake Browning in for two, three weeks if our $250 million or, or whatever the number was, quarterback, franchise player, face of the franchise, is uh, 90% healthy. Well, I think the Bengals are a notoriously cheap organization. And the moment they invested that money, if there was a chance Burrow was going to play, they were pushing him out there. I do think, though, at one in three, that ship has kind of sailed. And they're going to, and Burrow's going to play until he's completely healthy 100% because he doesn't re injure it where he's going to play until he does something way more serious and he has to sit out. I don't would think you put you, out Burrow? If you were the GM, would you put out Joe Burrow if he was 80% healthy week one after signing him? Or if you were the owner or the GM or whoever is going to make the final call, would you put him out? If you were the GM, would you put him out? I think that based off of last year and seeing that they did – have such a strong run after a slow start, I think you could have afforded to give him a little bit more time. And I think even uh, Chase is quoted during the preseason as saying, hey, sit Joe Burrow the first four or five games, let him come back healthy, and then we do our thing. My main point is I think there's too much on the Joe Burrow injury and not enough on the Cincinnati. He's been playing like absolute garbage. You know, I'm invested in them in multiple leagues. I actually watch a lot of the Cincinnati games. I'm not always watching Red Zone. I mean, I'm sure you guys sometimes have two TVs going with the main game you guys want to watch. It's probably Red Zone on the side. That's the Bucks. I've been watching a lot of. <laughs> We're I've been Bucks watching a lot of. Here. Well, I don't know how it works. How it works down there it's, over here? I got two TVs set you up. Know we got two TVs. Uh, <laughs> well, I figured any diehard would probably. A, you know, how enjoy their Sundays with red zone and a Bucks game or a Jags game or a Dolphins game, if it's possible. Right. I don't personally have a team that I'm all in on because the way I was brought into football was more fantasy based. And I got sucked in that way. Plus I live in Canada. You'd think I would latch onto the bills. I just never did. Anyways, I don't think they're getting enough credit on how bad they're playing. Yeah. If we were Bengals fans, we would be ripping them apart for how bad they're playing and not really laying it on, oh, it's Joe Burrow's injury, it's Joe Burrow's injury. Yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. bad. They're getting, they're getting dusted by Tennessee. You know, their defense isn't doing anything. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I am I should be vouching for the guys on my team that play on that, but it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to see these guys bouncing back, really. Like, they just have nothing going on on both sides of the ball. Their Monday night win against the Rams, that was a gross game. You know what I mean? Their defense actually stepped up, but they barely put up any points that game. It just looks awful. Uh, you can't buy into any Cincinnati players at this point fantasy-wise because it doesn't look good at all. 
Yeah, and they're going into Arizona this week, which, you know, looks like a cake matchup, but Arizona's been playing very well, especially at home. They're well, one of those yeah. frisky teams, yeah. so they're they're definitely going to be in tough this week for sure, and if Joe Burrow and that offense can't turn it around this week, I it seems like they're just kind of going to it's going to be a lost year for them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny in life expectations versus performance and how that impacts how we look back or how we feel in our present mood. Just using the last two teams you talked about, both Cincinnati and Arizona are one in three. Yet if you're an Arizona fan, you're probably like low key ecstatic at your team is competitive. Uh, yeah. Dobbs, still, Dobbs could move the ball. Like do, they're, they're do- not getting blown out in these games. Yeah. Yeah, for like sure. Loki, you should like you kind of blew the New York Giants game. You had a big lead in it in a year that you probably came in where everybody said that you were like openly tanking. Now you're competing and at the same time as competing, you're still losing. So you're still going to get a high draft pick. So it's like kind of best case scenario versus Cincinnati, who is a championship contender going into the season. They're one in three and their fans are ready to like jump off a cliff. Um, sticking on that point, um, let's get a, uh, review from everybody on the first quarter so far. We're going into week five. Um, let's start off with one of the, one of the, do you want to do, uh, biggest letdowns first or? Well, I think we've been pretty negative so far. All I right. think we can pump so biggest, it up. Big, biggest surprise this season. Yeah, big um, dog. It, what's could, your? Could it be? What do you guys? Oh, do you want to be specific with a player, a team, or no, whatever? No, just what's anybody your biggest surprise after the first four games of the season, big dog? Uh, for me, I picked up the waiver wire of the year at Puka the Goat Nakua. Um, I first of all, I will say this: when he when I first saw twenty targets that first week, I knew something was legit right then and there. You're not getting. I don't care who you're. Even you're not getting 20 targets off luck, like that is planned strategically. You game plan to get targets, you know, maybe not 20, but you're going to get at least 10 coming into that game. Um, and I think at this point, he's a vital part of their offense. I just traded him, kind of losing a little bit of sleep about it, but not too much because uh, I feel like I got a good deal out of it. Um, but that's a player right there that really surprised me for the year. I know he saved a lot of people's season. Unfortunately, he didn't help me too many record-wise, but point totals, he, he did his job. So can you break down for me, the biggest Can you break down the trade for us, Big Dog, that you just made? Yeah, so again, number one, I'm a Jags fan. So I traded uh Hookahs for Ridley and Fields. Now, and my QB is Kirk Cousins. So we love Kirk. I looked at it really well. Like, Fields has a lot of the upside that, you know, Kirk doesn't necessarily have. And then Kirk's going to have the stability. So, you know, depending on the right matchups, I can kind of flex them both. You know, maybe a tough week for Fields, I play Kirk. Or maybe Fields has a great matchup, I play Fields. So, don't play the points game on that QB position. And then I feel like really, really can be comparable to what Puka will kind of produce going forward. So, it was a tough call, but it's a decision that needed to be made. So specifically for Puka, I think a lot of people are in this similar position where they picked up Puka off of waivers. I don't think anybody drafted him, right? They picked him up off of waivers after week one, and he's just been this star stud, and they love him. 
He's been what people who drafted Ridley wanted Ridley to be. Exactly. Um, so how do you how do you make the decision to part from that? How do you know that right now is the time to part from that decision when you feel such an emotional attachment? Because after picking him up, you must feel like a genius. Yes. Well, I naturally am when it comes to fantasy. If you ask me, big dog. Um, but no, I will say this though. <laughs> I will say this though. If there was a time to move him, it would be ideally now. Um, like I think the fourth time scoring wide receiver in the league. Um, so you're getting really kind of close peak value. Now I would panic sell him. I know a lot of people probably around, you know, fantasy leagues are doing that. They're all oh, Cooper's coming back, blah, blah, blah. He still's going to eat. I mean, there's no way that he's not going to be a top, you know, 15 receiver going forward. And I think, you know, with Cooper coming back, there's room for both of them to eat. So it's just like I wouldn't panic sell if I'm a Puka owner, but I would look around and probably get more of a sure thing, like a, you know, I'll shoot for like maybe Waddle or another wide receiver one or low end wide receiver one and get another quarterback. Or if you're thin at running back, get another low end running back that you like. So, or even like, you know, a Kyron or something. So like Kyron Williams really surprised me too as well. Um, so that's something I would more shoot for if I was a Puka owner. Like, what can you get that can really fill out your roster if you have a need? Or if you're sitting at one and three like me, you probably need to make some some changes, you know. So he's a name that's worth trading. And, you know, everybody kind of like the name right now. Everybody knows him, at least to have any decent fantasy knowledge. So you can get a good deal out of him at this point. Uh, Santos, what is your biggest surprise this year uh, or uh, so far this quarter? Me? Yeah. There's only one well, Santos on the call. I was actually just, yeah, I was actually just in the middle of sending Big Dog a trade. Oh, oh, okay, oh what is, well, wait, why don't we why just do it? Forget about what's your biggest surprise up. first quarter. What's going on over Yeah, here? let's hear some open discussion. <laughs> I've right. only had breaking news sound effects, but, you know, since <laughs> we're in a recession, or not a recession, <laughs> but what, inflation, we can't pay the sound guy, so... <laughs> I mean, I'm, we're not shy to making deals, him and I. We always go back and forth. It'd be nice to do yeah. a live on the pod deal if he's interested. After hearing his opinion on his quarterbacks, like, you know, I was thinking maybe, you know, we can we can work out a pretty simple deal. You know, you said you got the, the upside on field. He, he could definitely bring upside for some weeks. And I could give you maybe more of a consistent player like Trevor Lawrence if you wanted to get rid of your consistent player like Kirk Cousins. You said you're a Jags fan. I know it seems like you're giving up a guy who's putting up more points, but, I mean, if it was a fresh draft, I think more people would still probably pay for Trevor Lawrence than they would for Kirk Cousins. So so just you know, to recap, just here. to be clear for the audience, the proposed offer is Trevor Lawrence going from Santos to Big Dog, who is a Jaguars fan. That's the subtext of this all. For Kirk Cousins, is that correct? Yes, that's that's pretty much it. You know, like a simple, you know, one for one deal. Simple old school one for one between you know two he's a fantasy fan. co-hosts. He just got Ridley. Send it. He just got Ridley. He wants a stack. And, and Brian, big dog, what's the response? You know, I mean, you know, I always has learned that you never mix love and business. You know, this, this you got to separate the two. You got to separate the two. Um, 
Now, I, in most situations, and probably for people around the world that's listening to this, that's probably a good deal. But when you look at Trevor's like recipes and schedule, man, he has some tough matchups, dog. Like <laughs> defensively, who he's playing, I I'm not. You know, he's gonna be a better real life quarterback than fantasy. You know what I mean? So he. You know, I'm gonna need a little bit of something out of that if I were. It's something to marinate about and think about, but so would a little fab, likely, a little hurt. fab as a sweetener from Santos to Big Dog, would that help seal the deal? Nah, nah, nah. I think where I'm at and what I need right now, my team is pretty good, even though it disappointed me. Um, Just I don't necessarily need more waiver wire ad type of things. I really don't need to really fill one more spot in my roster and I feel comfortable about. So Because really injuries point, never happen, really big dog. Right? You said what? Injuries never happen. Your team is set. They're going to just play the Oh, next. I mean, listen, you tell me one player in this league, if they lose their best player, <laughs> or if they lose one of their top two best players, are, you know, are they still a championship team? So, I mean, you know, you just got to hope your team is healthy. And I feel like I have a good team overall. Matter of fact, and that's another thing, too. I meant to say this. Santos really, when the season started, I would have thought he would have been a top three team for sure. Like, yeah, well, can I, can I, run, team, I let me run down his team really quick right now? Because if you were to tell me at the beginning of the season, if you're if you were to call out these players, you would say, oh, he's he's going to fucking win this thing. You yeah, know? he's four and I, Look, <laughs> quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Every, I mean, I was high on Trevor Lawrence to draft from this season. Yeah. He, Miles Sanders at running back, solid. Uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Chris Olave, which I'm high on as well. Hawkinson, Garrett Wilson. I mean, come on, dude. Like, that at the beginning of the season, you're, you're talking about, man, I'm, I'm championship. Okay, so, but we're fortunate enough right now but, to have the reigning champion of our league in the building. Uh, Gianni Sam Rills. Gianni, what would your recommendation be to someone like Santos? You've heard his roster. What moves are you making to dig out of this 0-4 hole he finds himself in? <sighs> Look, this is... <laughs> the side, this though. Is, we never even got to Santos' answering the question of the biggest I surprise. I can't lie, like his... Like his team on paper is doesn't look like an 0-4 team. Like I think we could all agree, but there are real football circumstances that are affecting him. The Cincinnati Bengals are trash. He has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Zach Wilson is playing quarterback instead of Aaron Rodgers. He has Garrett Wilson. Trevor Lawrence, solid real-life quarterback, just doesn't really translate to fantasy right now. So I, I kind of like how he's trying to move off of Trevor Lawrence and get a Kirk Cousins who, you know, will probably put up better statistics moving forward than Lawrence. He has Jefferson. He's got Hawkinson. He's got um, Addison that he's throwing to. So there's a lot of upside in that offense. Plus the defense is horrible, but I would say for him, man, like you can't, you can't really, you can't really wait on the Bengals to figure it out. Like you've, you've got to move Jamar chase. He still has huge value. He's got a big name and um, I'd probably go after an RB that you could count on week to week, not a Miles Sanders who's, you know, he's got a safe floor, but he's banged up. He's got a groin issue going on. Chuba Hubbard's eating into his work. So if if I was Santos, I would try and move Chase to get an RB that he could rely on and a, a receiver and like a two-for-one type thing. What level receiver along with that RB? 
Um, you know, like someone like a somebody that could just get you points every week, like a Christian Kirk, Hollywood Brown, um, some somebody like on that level who's just going to be consistent, but go out and get a stud RB. Chris Godwin with a uh, Chris Godwin. Go out and get a stud RB. Tyler Lock to, to put in that slot for Sanders because I just don't think you could rely on him all year. Santos, what is what are your initial thoughts after this advice from uh, the champion? The thing is, is like, uh, yeah, I obviously the my running back situation isn't great. Um, I just don't have enough depth there to like put someone else in at all, really. Um, Sanders isn't horrible, but like he should be like a. I'm deciding to put him in my flex spot. Yeah, I mean he's like uh, one level up too much. Yeah, like he's not as playing as good as he was basically where he was getting drafted, which was probably along the you know low end RB two, maybe RB three range where he could be a decent flex. Um, the thing about trading Chase is like I don't let elite top tier like players value change after you know a few weeks of the season i get that the wr2s might lose some value like uh a higgins or a waddle or those guys who haven't really lived up and they're still a number two on their team but chase is chase chase can lead the league in receiving yards like the value the deals that i'm getting for him are like i'm not getting anything worthwhile for his value but I think that you know, value I mean, is based off of performance with a healthy Joe Burrow in mind. I mean, we just spent the first 10, 15 minutes of the podcast discussing how much his performance and the performance of the Bengals overall has been impacted by Burrow's health. So, yes, Chase at like you should be going after like trying to obtain full value for Chase. But the definition of what his full value is could be is changing based off of Burrow's health or lack of it. Not even the full value. It's like I'm not even getting – I'm getting offered a Miles Sanders-type RB. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not getting any offers that are like, oh, okay. Like even though his, his the situation isn't very good, I think even now it's still hard for me to trade a one-on-one for a guy like Chase, for like, let's say Pollard, you know what I mean? Because the production isn't there from one guy and the other guy's doing pretty consistently well. But if I'm okay in our, in running backs, I'm probably not going to make that deal just because Chase is, you know, one of the best of the best. So big dog. He's done it before. He's proven it. Big dog. Uh, just throwing out a couple players, where do you see Pollard versus Chase, like in comparison speaking? So I would say this. Santos, Santos I I'm not going to lie. You, you sound just like what I would do. <laughs> I'm not selling a player opinion on the dog. I don't care how it kind of looks per se. Like I will drive my team to 0-6 if it means I don't feel like getting good value. But that can also be a detriment as well because that happened to me, I think a couple of seasons ago, where I think, like, I risked it all. I think I remember one year, like, I was getting all injured players or players are starting off slow, but I really bought into. And I think I lost the – I think I see I lost to Gianni, like, my last game of the season, and I needed one win and to beat Gianni to get in the playoffs. And my team was pretty stacked. But I don't know how – somehow, in the good Lord, you know, somehow Gianni won. So, like, it's a risk it and biscuit when you try to, you know, play that game. 
Um, but I will say, just back to your original point about Pollard and Chase, um, there was a deal that we were trying to work out that I wouldn't – I can't do that right now myself. Like, I'm one in three, so I can't buy the upside of Chase and selling, you know, the consistent value of Pollard right now. You know, and who's to say Pollard is not, you know, I don't think anybody's going to be CMC this season. But, you know, who's to say Pollard is not, like, you know, the end of the RB3 of this year? And, you know, who's to say that Chase doesn't end up being a wide receiver seven or eight? And it's just like, you know, and as we all know, running backs are a little bit more valuable than receivers in fantasy, especially just position needs and, you know, consistent points out of running backs compared to receivers, which is based off targets. So, it's like I can't make that move right now for myself personally. On paper, it's a pretty like no matter what. Yeah, on paper, point, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no matter what point or wherever you are in the season, obviously that has a factor. But like to tr- th- that's what I'm saying essentially. Like in order for me to treat a guy like Chase, and if I'm going to address my running back needs, it's got to be a guy like Pollard value where I'm going to sit down at the table and have that discussion. Like, if it's not that valued, I'm not really going to do it for James Conner and a guy that's never going to crack my, my lineup. I can't I can't Ooh. drop that much value. The and that's James Conner slander. That's not, a, that's not a shot to James Conner. James Conner might be one of the most reliable RB2s out there. He really has always just been a steady RB2. But I just can't do that for a guy like Chase. I'd rather ride it out with a guy like Chase. Uh, Gianni, you Connor, make some moves. Connor, gotta... Connor, and Montgomery, man, never get the respect. Um, Santos, let me go back to the question that we were asking. Your biggest surprise this season? Um, doesn't have to be fantasy related, right? No, no. Yeah, I guess you know. Outside of us speaking about the Bengals, you know, I'm I am pretty surprised about how bad the Giants have been. Daniel Jones, like. Oh, my he, God. He had some value, man. Like, he actually looked really, really good last year. And it's hard for anybody to predict the Giants look this bad. That's a big shock to me because I thought they were actually going to contend in that division, which is that division is a juggernaut because I thought they were going to actually be really good, too. And Washington's no slouch either, but it doesn't look like the Giants have anything going on this year. That's pretty surprising. Yeah, I think they're one of those teams where in this world in which we are super focused on fantasy and we all know the positional players on different teams, we know the quarterbacks, the tight ends, the receivers, right? They're one of those teams where they've been kind of low-key decimated by injuries on their offensive line and you've just seen that super impact everybody's ability to uh, do their job. Um, when the quarterback is under so much pressure, and it obviously doesn't help that their star player on offense uh, also got hurt in their one win of the season, which is obviously also hurting the man sitting to the right to me since he has Saquon as his not not too much back. right now because I mean the man sitting next to you is four and zero in his fantasy season so yeah but yeah. fantasy three and three and zero right three and zero no four and four and zero yeah go ahead big dog we, we got to talk about his team when we get his chance so oh my gosh I, I've been uh, what's your about, grievance um, big dog well, well like, like, hold on man let's let's hold that thought for for let's finish with the biggest surprise for you. 
I, I just think that uh, for in terms of like the biggest surprise, it would probably be all this Taylor Swift no, media. No, that's what I was going <laughs> to say, bro. What I, the I was fuck? Gonna I mean, totally. Jesus. I did not expect Taylor Swift to be so involved in the NFL. And we honestly look at the NFL as the king of everything. Like when it comes to sports and uh, like our sports view, like there's the NFL and there's everything else. The Super Bowl is a national holiday, yada, yada, yada. Somehow this Taylor Swift story has taken over every single timeline, you know, social media. It's on every news station. The fact that, you know, she's just attending games. And I think. The, the funniest thing I heard, which is actually true uh, in relation to Taylor Swift in the NFL, is Taylor Swift has over 270 million followers on Instagram, while the NFL has 28 million followers. So she's almost like 10 times as much. So, like, when we think the NFL is a big deal, like, it's peanuts in comparison to someone like Taylor Swift. I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, I, I, that's, I agree with you. But I mean, in terms of like Instagram followers, like more people are watching the NFL than following Taylor Swift. No. No. Okay. No. Because wait, wait, what were the numbers you said? Sorry. <laughs> Taylor Swift has two hundred and seventy million Instagram followers. The NFL has. 28 million Instagram Okay, so, yeah. So Taylor Swift is a musical artist who is about to open with a movie at either 100 to 150 million in terms of revenue opening weekend. That's what the biggest movies do, period, nowadays, right? Many of the most recent Marvel movies aren't even hitting that mark the first weekend. The most recent Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise, I think, was a letdown because it did like in the 80s. Oppenheimer did like in the 50s. Taylor Swift is going to triple that. Like this is like it's pretty incredible how like she is like mega star. Like like Michael the, Jackson was in the 80s. The mega star of mega stars. And I don't like her music at all. Now there is oh, video. No, there is video out there of our champ. Yeah, singing her music. So I know our champ likes her music. Look, I'm I'm a Swifty. I'm listening to albums. I'm I'm down with Taylor Swift, bro. <laughs> I'm down with Taylor Swift. Like I, you can hate me if you want, but she makes great music, and you know I, I'm I'm with all the Taylor Swift. Stuff. I shake it. Although all the I time. do hate the whole fake relationship. So you think it's a fake relationship? Of course it's fake. Like there's no way that this is lasting. Like to the Super Bowl, like I will put it at a zero percent chance that it's lasting to the Super why Bowl. Why wouldn't it? Because, bro, it's like why? Why can't opposites attract? Because th- though once the football season is done, the relationship is done. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Big Dog Santos, you all, y'all want to jump in on this discussion? Like y'all think it's a real relationship? <laughs> Are we on the view? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have no relationship. Yeah, I think the situation shift. I don't, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I'm not too big in celebrity drama to begin with. Like, you know, like me and other, even Travis Kelsey said himself, like, I think NFL's doing too much with it, bro. Like, bro, I just want to hear ball talk. Like, you know, I could care less about Swift and dating semantics. So that's just my perspective. 
I mean, I got Zach Wilson throwing the ball to one of my players. Do you think I give a (laughs) rat's behind about Taylor Swift? Dude, I'm stressing out over here, okay? I don't know. I'm I'm benching Gabe Davis. He's got three TDs in a row. I'm making all the wrong moves. I don't care about Taylor Swift. My man is stressed. Three three total TDs on six total targets. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Couldn't sell him to Dow. Look, you knew that this whole situation had kind of low-key jumped the shark when after Pacheco's opening touchdown, they cut to her uh, on Sunday night. That made me sick. They They cut to her celebrating. I was like, all right, I would expect it if Kelsey did something, but... For a random Pacheco touchdown to lead to a swift cutaway, it was a, a sight to behold. I feel like Santos right now because he's like, you know, with the Gabe Davis making the wrong moves at the wrong, you know, the wrong times. I feel the same way. Like, I, 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 I loved Pacheco. I drafted him. I was so high on him. I still am. But then I was like, man, really? I, I really need to get myself a solid, a more solid running back, you know, because the inconsistency in Kansas City uh in the running backs or and in the wide receiver i mean every, there there's inconsistency everywhere on that offense except if you have travis kelsey or patrick mahomes those are the only consistencies there so i said well let me make this move and see if it'll work out i make the move that's the week that pacheco goes for 25 i would have had the win against gianni this week if i would have kept pacheco in my lineup oh really yeah, he had 25. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's just some of those years it feels like you can't make the right move no matter what you do. And then I had the one week where I had everyone benched and my entire bench outscored, your outscored starters. my starters. <laughs> that's that's the key. Don't ever have a good bench. <laughs> you, you'll never live with that yeah. regret. Ask, ask Big Dog. He's never had a good bench in his life, but he wins. <laughs> uh, now, Big Dog is a star hunter. And I do have a grievance that I'd like to bring up to you guys regarding Big Dog. And I'm officially would like to fantasy football trade divorce Big Dog over this. (laughs) Plaintiff. And I'm officially. We don't have the sign guy. He, you know, he's not here. Exactly. Exactly. I appreciate the sound. We're in court. (laughs) All rise. Look. Here's the situation. Jump, Judy. What you doing? Every year I've played fantasy football with Big Dog. This man is a star hunter. He goes after the top, top flight guys. He's done more two for ones and three for ones than your favorite porn stars. Okay. Wow. Wow. (laughs) All right. So I feel, and my team right now, my biggest star, Austin Eckler, has been hurt since week one. So I know I need to make a move, but I can't sell low on him. He's my last valuable piece. And I am willing to again go against my like right mind and accept a two for one or a three for one. Big Dog has Tony Pollard. Discount Austin Eckler. Discount CMC. Very good running back, but not of that top, top tier. Got okay. right? Okay. I'm just looking for a Tony Pollard plus a, a starting wide receiver. Maybe a supposed borderline WR1 who's underperformed like Jalen Waddle. Right? My offer 
and the offer that's been there all year has been Eckler for Pollard and Waddle. Why hasn't he accepted? Well, what do you think, Big Dog? Well, uh, uh, listen, listen. I, 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 hate, I can go on about me, and I have a counter suit, so I, I would like to include that in there. But I'll let the league think about that. You know, realistically, think with your clear mind, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, who's listening to the channel. You are trying to trade me a currently injured Austin Eckler, who is, you know, what arguably top three, four RB, right? For my Tony Pollard, who's currently healthy, who's arguably, you know, three and four, top three, four, five, whatever you want to say, RB, right? Currently healthy, healthy, okay? And you want to also need to throw in Jalen Waddle, okay? So I, just, just think, think objectively. Why would I give away a similar player who's healthy and a very good quality, it was a buy low, so I'm not mad at you for targeting them, but why would I sell that? Like, you know, I get the two-for-one concept, but that's not like, I'll probably do that for CMC. You know, that's worth considering, but not for Austin Eckler, though. It's just, it's not going to, it's not going to shake it. Okay, it's but Eckler was the number two running back going into the fantasy season. And the one game he played, he put up 25 points, right? So he put up where he was, he performed as well as expected. He's now been out with a non-muscle injury so it has healed right he's in his bye week right now and he's going to play next week for the purpose of this discussion he is healthy he's playing next week he got in practices last week right he's playing next week so this healthy not healthy conversation i'm talking about right now today with this offer eckler for Pollard and Waddle. Hell no. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Anybody with, with two two peanuts of a brain can understand why you would not make that deal. So, um, so Pollard's a stud. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Eckler and Pollard right now would be on the same tier. Of running backs, I disagree. Like, Going into the season, there was clear. Oh, no, this well, moment, I, would, one. I would see Eckler a little below Pollard at the moment. Okay, How? so hold on. Not based off Be, of performance. Based, based off of uh, um, percentage being on the field and possibly re-injuries. But, but there's look, not a possibility he, he's, he's to a, re-injure. He's a lot when older of a running spring. back compared to the other guys you're you're speaking of. I know, but this is not a mu- that's why I brought up the point that it's not a muscle injury. I think he's like 30 injury. something years old and how many 30 something year old <laughs> running backs finish the season healthy? Correct, but he's kind of like a boxer who was in jail for the first part of his career, <laughs> right? You sometimes get these older boxers who have this huge like end of career life cycle because they haven't taken a lot of hits because they were in jail, right? So that's like Eckler. Like, he wasn't a standalone stud running back coming into the league, right? He always played second fiddle and even had to battle guys like Melvin Gordon and stuff like that. It's only been within the last couple of years that he's actually been a bell cow running back. So he, even though he is older... He doesn't actually have the wear and tear of someone like a Derrick Henry might have on him, right? Who's been 
the bell cow for so many seasons. So I wouldn't necessarily use Eckler's age against him because he doesn't have the bodies on him. But he still suffers from the same thing Keenan Allen does. Like, you never know when the guy's going to break down. He hasn't finished the season, or he always goes out at some point for a while with an injury. That's not true. It's happened last year, the year before that. It's not true. Yeah. Somehow, yeah, Pollard was a bell cow splitting 50% of the carries last year. Like, Pollard is, he just got the range. If, if Eckler was number two RB preseason, Pollard was four or five right behind him. Like, everybody was high on Pollard. The guy had, like, 1,200 yards and played 50% of the snaps. You know, no one hated Pollard. I don't believe that. Like, and now that the injuries happened, Pollard's value is just higher because he's playing at his consistent rate, and now you don't know what's up with Eckler. No one's doubting yeah. Eckler's ability to play. It sounds right? like you all guys really good are. RB, but, but so is Pollard. You're, you're downplaying Pollard a little too much here. Like, the only deal you'd make right now with Eckler being injured or if he's uncertain would be an Eckler for Pollard. You can't just throw a waddle in there and expect it to be valuable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're hanging on to Eckler's value because of what he used to be and what he does when he's healthy. Okay, but you're hanging on to Waddle's value on what he used to be when he was healthy last year. What has his performance been this year? Yeah, no, I agree with you. What has Waddle's performance been this year? Waddle's been pretty, like, ghost. He's been hurt. Waddle's been hurt. And when he has played, he has not performed. The Dolphins put up 70 points without him. I was the owner of Waddle last year, and it was infuriating having the the cue by his name like every day, not knowing if he's going to play or not because he had this or he had that and he had this and he had that. You're like, he's always one of those guys with the little yellow sticker next to his name (laughs) and the cue as you're sitting there watching all week to see if he's going to play or not. Yeah, Yeah, Waddle hasn't been impressive this year. He's got 16 targets in three games. Right. So, yeah. And and Tyreek Hill. Is always going to be the number one option on that team over Waddle. Yeah, so it's not it like doesn't, I, Waddle doesn't matter. I just think that Waddle. Can, uh, is can certain, I get to my uh, counter suit, please, gentlemen? I would like to counter suit. Counter suit. <laughs> whenever I get a chance. Counter suit. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Number one, thank thank you for your time, uh, audience, for taking time to listen to Big Dog Speed. Um, as you can see, uh, my counterpart here is lost his everlasting mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know where along the journey. But he clearly lost his mind. And as you can, he clearly just explained shortly ago. Um, one of the things I want to sue Tony today is for harassment. Um, <laughs> I consistently get late night, you know, trade offers. Bing, bing, bing. You know, 2.30, 12.30, 11.30. Um, now it's, you know, messing with my personal life and relationship, man. I'm, you know, he got me getting cold sweats middle of the night, man, getting trade offers with D Hop and Mike Williams. And I'm just getting. <laughs> My brain is discombobulated, so I just I just remember all the Mike Williams trades, and I'm just you know I can't watch another Chargers Poor game. Mike. That's another reason why I don't want Eckler. You know, I just seen all those Mike Williams, and now I'm just it's just too much for me mentally. So, um, just on that as well, um, I can't take any more trade offers for D Hop. Um, Tony loves overvaluing old names, um, even when they're washed up or they're on the verge of being possibly washed. He he still finds some type of value in them. Um, I mean, I think D-Hop is borderline in a nursing home right now. It's um, been a struggle. Trying to it hasn't been great. Wide receiver one still. No, no, no. Um, no. Look, I uh, believed in him at the me, beginning of the season. Excuse me, excuse me. I have to finish my argument, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, along with my claims, 
I also want to uh, point out for gross negligence for not completing a four-team deal parlay that we had together. What is this? Did, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Can we rewind? I don't have the, the button to rewind, but did you just say four-team deal, Gianni? Four did you hear that? Deal. I heard. Four-team deal parlay was almost complete. I had my, my third, right? Santos, did you just hear this? On the last man. I'm the first time hearing about it. Fourteen deals. Yeah, I can guarantee you, Tony definitely pulled some stupidity. I guarantee. You. Yeah, it was <laughs> no, some shenanigans. But I, um, I, I was anyway, probably so asking. Continuing for too on much. with my accusations, I'm almost done. I'm almost done, gentlemen. Um, secondly, as a commissioner, uh, you you've done a good job. You know, I think that you can do a great job. You know, some things that we can consider, right? When it's time for you know the gentlemen to meet for the league dinner for the start of the season. I think it's a great idea. Tony, man, where, where, where's the swag? You know, I'm not seeing no suit and tie. I'm not seeing your, your swag, the goat chain. You know, I'm just seeing casual. So, you know, I need you to set the tempo for the league, man. You know, and I just feel like sometimes, you know, you set the tempo and then you kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? I need you to set the president, you know, for next year going forward. And I'm sure you can, you're competent, uh, commission. Look. And then lastly, oh my gosh, and, and finally, <laughs> it's a filibuster. Lastly and finally, we got to get over Tony overvaluing okay players. Like, you know, it, in Tony's mind, DK Metcalf is, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson and stuff like that. Like, it's just, I, and you know, he just went on a whole montage just a couple of minutes ago how he thought Jalen Waddle was a bum, apparently. So, you know, stuff like that, I just, I just don't think so. I think, you know, we need to look at that and, possibly get this uh you know this gentleman checked out for some type of psychoanalogy of some sort um respectfully big dog that is my uh first claim thank you for your time okay so just to can respond you, can you go back to no i know i'm gonna years. respond to everything number one <laughs> um i have been recently diagnosed with insomnia santos big dog <laughs> you guys are unfortunately get the brunt of my trade offers because you each will respond and not only respond, you'll like WhatsApp and respond and we'll chat in the middle of the night in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, Sonos is up for work at like 3 a.m. Yeah. So so sometimes he'll message me early in the morning and I'm awake. And so sometimes it's just, I'll send the offer knowing that it might strike a conversation instead of me scrolling TikTok, I can, you know, talk fantasy, which is a lot more fun. Number two, I'm glad that you brought up some of this stuff. I do feel like I could step up the commissioner role, but you know, with this weight loss that I've been under, I don't own any suits. And unfortunately I wasn't invited to the most recent wedding that just occurred in our league, Mr. Big Dog. So I didn't have a reason to buy a suit because needless to say, had I been invited, I definitely would have worn a suit to that. Oh, so man. what if Gianni... Is that the second wedding we didn't get invited to? Because didn't Anthony get married Anthony to, and got, we didn't get invited exactly. to that either? Multiple weddings have occurred this fantasy football season and not a single fantasy football league mate was invited. Hmm. Big Dog, what do you have to say? I'm offended personally. <laughs> Me personally, as a Canadian resident, I'm offended. Over what specifically? Well, first, y'all were with me in fantasy spirit. You know, I said you guys in my vows. You said nothing become before you, baby, but fantasy. I said that in front of everybody there. So <laughs> you guys were here spiritually and mentally. Just know that. And Big Dog, I guarantee you, we will get 
suited and booted if you come to the draft party next year. Yeah. Well, when, when my third chip, I'll come down, man. You know, I got with my fantasy belt. Um, me and me, man, every other year, me and him, we just switching the title. Like, you know that? Like, literally, the past, like, four years, we've been switching titles. So, you know, when I win it this year, when I come back from my one and three, you know, I'll make a grand introduction, you know, for the team. I feel like it's necessary at this point. So, Big Dog, we've been going back and forth. You mentioned something earlier, and you got cut off a little bit. So I've had, you know, I, I like to have discussions with people on the side about other leagues and just bouncing fantasy knowledge off of each other just to get everyone's opinion. And you're one of those respected individuals. So I know you brought up my team and had a couple things to say. So just wanted to get your opinion on what's going on right now. I don't know how your team is for it, though, bro. <laughs> like... <laughs> Respectfully. 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 I was saying the same thing. Hold on, hold on. Four and O with the second most points as well. So it's not a fake four and O. Go on. I mean you put up like eighty points. In your division. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of weird, bro. Like I don't like you know, when you look at your team, I mean you do have a good quality team, but you lost Saquon for like the last two weeks and you still won. Like like how, bro? Like, you know, I lose my best player beginning of the season, you know, arguably with Cooper Cup. And, you know, I kind of expected to struggle a little bit. But it's like most teams and most players, like I say, you lose your best player, like you're not going to win. Or you're, you know what I mean? If you're playing two matches, you're going to lose one of them because you lost your big dog, really. Like, you know. But I just don't know how you've been skating, bro. Like, is this the fantasy guy smiling down or what? Like, It's because he plays me. He plays me. and, And everybody who plays me ends up having their player go off for like four touchdowns well yeah you're right i did lose saquon but i feel like in this year's draft i went out and spent money on a quarterback for the first time and that quarterback just happens to be the number one fantasy quarterback so far so i picked the right guy to spend up on this year justin herbert um you did and i can say something real quick i was gonna say that me and tony were both talking about the apc like if I hadn't run out of money so early in the salary draft, like I would have been up too, but I was broke. So, yeah, I respect that move. That was a good. That was a good move. I mean, you make. went you went after the big name running backs early, which is a strategy that I use. And it's funny because, you know, I'm looking at Herbert as the number one quarterback, and I'm like, I have this like addiction to like wanting to trade him away, just because <laughs> I'm like, oh look, there's Jared Goff. I could just get it done with him, or like, hey, there's. You know, Anthony Richardson. And I'm like just trying to go back to my old ways, but I feel like it's it's one of those years where I just gotta stick it out with Herbert. I think that offense is gonna be now he did lose Mike Williams, but that offense is gonna be clicking all year. And to be honest, bro, I just I just got some value guys later that have been performing, like Hollywood Brown's been performing, uh, Jerome Ford I got off the waivers, you know, unfortunately Nick Chubb went down and he's been doing all right for me and I don't know, man, it's been, like I look at my team and I don't feel like it's better than yours or even Sanos's who's 0-4, but, you know, I'm not healthy yet, right? Like I'm getting Saquon back, I'm getting Christian Watson back, like I haven't reached my peak yet, so... I feel like I'm still. Yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. That's that's part of saying that's the crazy part. Like, like I said, Watson been out for games. Barkley's been out for games. 
Like, how is it that you're four and zero, bro? Like, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, but I think sometimes it's just like, come on, man. Like, but I think most importantly like, is the strategy of how he got there. One of those guys that he picked up um, for the running back for the Browns. Can you discuss how you picked him up? Because I think this is oh like an example of a winning strategy. Yeah, I mean, I picked him up. You know, when you have someone to drop on your team, Yahoo allows you to pick up a player that hasn't played yet. Because they hadn't played yet because they were playing on Monday Night Football. Right, right. So, so you had a droppable player. You dropped him just randomly picking up the backup running back for the Browns. Yeah. Chubb ends up having the devastating injury. Boom, now Gianni has an RB1. Yeah. So I think those are no, the... No, I wouldn't say he's an RB1. No, well, the RB1 for his team. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think those are the subtle moves that make somebody a champion because, you know, at 7 p.m. on a Monday night, when everybody is just waiting for Monday night football to start, Gianni is thinking, you know, two, three steps ahead. And and that ends up being a championship championship type move. And you could also have the number one quarterback in the league because I was just talking to him on Sunday about this when you start the season your first four games is against the Dolphins with the third worst defense Tennessee Titans the Minnesota Vikings and the Las Vegas Raiders I mean when you start off the four weeks with those Charmin soft defenses you're gonna have the number one quarterback <laughs> okay but two years ago Justin Herbert Herbert was QB2 I, I get two on no, the I fantasy get season I get it we all believed in him Last year, he gets hurt early in the season, plays the whole season with hurt ribs, right? Which, you know, most people can't even breathe with hurt ribs, let alone throw a football and take additional punishment. He well, gets well, a new offensive coordinator in L.A. Like, it was bound to be a rebound season for him. And Gianni invested and spent up in a quarterback, which I think in certain leagues, based off the point system, spending up in an auction draft or in a traditional snake draft drafting a QB early if the point settings justify it right drafting a quarterback earlier than later getting that right quarterback can matter so we'll see when they come back from the bye and they have to play Dallas we will we will see if and it's, then it's for real another another thing that I was able to do was I was super high on Jordan Love you know and like that that was a guy that I targeted and I got him as a backup quarterback and I turned him into value as well. I got DJ Moore who had two big weeks for me when I got him. I mean, like it's DJ Moore, whatever. He's not a sexy name, but like he had 25 points last week and the week before he had like 13. So it's like I'm getting value. I'm getting everyday starters for a, a quarterback that who I like a lot, but I would never play him over Herbert. It's just a little, like little tweaks like that that have got me by in the first four weeks while I get healthy. Yeah, and, and I think that's because I kind of read back my whole point of view beginning. It's like very surprised to be four and no, like piecing together so many kind of moving parts, if you will. And like I said, you did make some good move, and like I said, the DJ Moore thing really played out, especially recently. So it's like, like I get it, and it's like, you know, the point totals adds up. But it's just a crazy concept when it's just like you think about it, man. You lose your best player. You also lose, you know, one of your top two or three receivers in Watson. And it's like he's still able to kind of be four and zero. It's kind of like okay, that's what's up. Yeah. And it's like meanwhile, I'm over here one and three. I'm like okay, what do I need to do? Like you know, and sometimes that's how fantasy is. You can have a good team, but like I say, if you don't have the right matchup that week or you go against the wrong opponent, 
or maybe certain players that you banked on being big dogs and they just little puppies, it kind of throws off your whole wagon. So no, you for, know, sh- for hat, sure. Hat off to you. Well, yeah, you for can't sure. you can't come back when when you play uh, against someone who had Swift going for 200 yards and two tutties, and then the following <laughs> week you go against someone who had Raheem Mostert with four touchdowns, and then you go against Stephon Diggs with the three touchdowns the following week. Yeah, it can be it's tough. Rough. It can be tough. So there's been a lot of talk about trades on the pod tonight, but specifically we've kept it to fantasy football, right? Yeah. I think the biggest news, though, in the sports world specifically, not involving Taylor Swift, over the last week or so, have been the NBA trades involving Dame and Drew Holiday, et cetera, et cetera. So what did the group, what did you guys think about those? Santos, what what were your initial thoughts? Santos, you still there? Sorry, sorry, guys. I just had it on mute there for a second and want to... <laughs> say anything um i was pretty surprised uh originally to be honest with you took me took me for a loop there i didn't expect it to happen i mean we're talking about the nba trades are we not yeah did i mishear that yeah yeah sorry um you can't they're gonna be a favorite they already were a favorite the i the raps were linked to them so i was pretty much you know Eyeing that, hoping this was going to be the type of player that we needed. Our GM isn't shy to make a big move, um, really get a big game player. Um, as a fan of the Raptors, I was speculating who we might give up. Um, we just—it just seems like we just don't have the pieces to get a guy of that caliber. Um, we do have players that teams want, and and they're not bad. But they just, I just don't think that they push the needle enough um, to actually get a deal like that done. So I kind of was on the back burner thinking the whole time. I'm like, ah, even though we're in the mix, you know, there was a sports uh, betting um, place that had us as number one. I still couldn't believe it just because not many people come to the Raptors unless it's a deal like you're trading your franchise player type deal. And it's just always hard to, you know, expect your GM, your president, they're going to do moves like that. So I, I was I was always thinking we're out. But the fact that he went to the Bucks, sheesh, man, that is like, like what do you do? They're already a, a favorite. What, what are they now? Do people think that they're not the favorite? Do people think Boston are the favorite? I mean, you got to go with the Bucks, man. They're just, they got Dane. He's a big time player. Well, Porzingis so, is one thing for Boston, but come on. So, uh, Big Dog, where do you stand on the Bucks versus Celtics after the moves they've made this past week? Well, Jalen Brown can't dribble less, so <laughs> <laughs> this is so fast. I'm 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 gonna say I really like the Bucks to come out because. Dame is one of those few players in the league, and I mean, I mean few, where like I feel comfortable with him playing in the clutch down the stretch, you know, to make a shot or to be in a situation where like, okay, you know, I can live and die with Dame making that shot. Um, when it was just Giannis, I mean, you didn't really have a lot of space creator on that team. You didn't really have a lot of shot makers. Definitely didn't have a big dog like Dame. Um, 
even though Drew Holiday was respectful and a, and a good defender, really, well, really good defender, I should say. He's a great defender. Um, Give but, him his props. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, tomato, tomato. Um, Come on, bro. When you have a player to get, when you have opportunity to get a Dame Dollar type of player, bro, that, that does change the course of your opportunity to win the championship. So all that being said, I do like the Bucks to come out. Um, I think Dane can create the space for Giannis. I think Giannis can create the space for Dane. Um, I mean, can you imagine them coming off a pick and roll or something crazy like that? You can't. Come on, bro. Like, his athleticism, his already ability to get in the paint, Dane willing to shoot from half court. I mean, then you got Brooke Lopez who can still post up and shoot the three. Chris Middleton's going to, you know, one game give you five points, one game give you 35. So, I mean, he does a Gabe Davis performance, basically the NBA version. So, I mean, that's a team that, that's disrespectful that really to Chris Middleton. Eat. Come on, bro. And when, when, you, mean, when you're looking, when you, when you're looking at the Bucks um, for the past few seasons, their biggest issue to me was they didn't have somebody that could close. Giannis naturally isn't a closer. He's not a jump shooter. He it's hard for him to go out and just get you a bucket. If, the defense on the other team is trying everything they can, you know, clogging the lane or whatever. Dame time is a closer. Like, that guy could get you a bucket. Like, he's reliable. Like, that's what they're missing. They're missing a big-time closer. They were kind of using Middleton there for a little bit, but he's been banged up, and he's... I mean, let's be honest. He's he's just he's just a good player, right? But he's not a guy that could take over a game. But Dame could get you 15 points in the fourth quarter... And he could hit the game winner as well. And there's very few players in the league that could do that. And with their team now, with how great they are defensively, they're just going to be an absolute force in the East if they stay healthy. I do love Boston too. I think there's a clear tier of two teams and then a drop-off. But, man, just having those two together on that team is going to be – it's going to be really fun to watch and – I'm rooting for them because I love both those players and Dame has stayed loyal to his franchise his whole career and I would love to see Dame get one. I um as you see that there's two teams two tier, uh clear teams I I see three and then there's a drop off. It's you know Milwaukee, Boston and Orlando. And then there's a drop off, okay? <laughs> oh my god. Um, Bruh. No. <laughs> Real quick. No, no, but uh, on a serious note, um I like the Cavs. Say that. They're not. On you have team. nice calves, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, no uh, <laughs> big dog. I need that leg regimen, bro. I know. I see you getting it in in the gym. I I gotta work on the legs. The okay. fact that you have to go hey, more than know, three days a week. Club, Tony knows. Oh yeah, big dog be pushing weight. Yeah, he, he's. Moving. I saw the two plates. The the fact that Milwaukee got Dame and didn't have to give, you know, a Middleton up. They gave up Drew Holiday. Like it, this, yeah, but I mean, Drew Holiday like, is the best on the ball guard defender in the league. That's that's fine, but it's not a you're not giving up. A, he was a championship winning point guard who literally made the most iconic play of a like a championship finals. Kyrie is still eating off of a championship game winning play from like seven eight years ago. And yet we act like Drew Holiday is a throwaway piece, and that finals was only two years ago. But Drew Holiday is more of like an icing on the cake to what they already do very well, where Dame comes in, gives them what they absolutely need to be successful. Dame is the perfect pairing with Giannis on the offensive end of the ball. 
Milwaukee, over the last two seasons, who did they lose to and why? They lost to Miami, in part because of Giannis's injury. I'm not going to downplay that, obviously. But they lost to them because they did not have an answer for Jimmy Butler. They could not stop him. The previous year, they couldn't stop the Celtics Wings players. What, what has changed? Who is going to guard the Wings on this team? Dame is a terrible defender, right? What, we're going to depend on like Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton? They're going to be the guys who stop I mean, Tatum and Brown, right? And Derek White. Bro. Like these guys, I just think that Boston, Boston does well exactly what Milwaukee doesn't handle. But they're not going to have port or um, the Celtics are not going to have size, bro. Like they're going to be a small team. Okay, like but Porzingis they, is their big. He's always so injured. Then, I know, and he but they doesn't can play switch big. Everything. He doesn't play big anyway. I know, but they'll end up just playing Al. I don't see so, old man out. Yeah, in the playoffs, it's going to be White, Derek White, Drew, Tatum, Brown, and Al. Mm-hmm. That's going to be their five. Damn, Al still in the yeah. league, huh? Uh, and, and because of say, their depth, because of Porzingis this year, like don't play Al any minutes during the regular season at all. Just save him for that you know two month stretch in the playoffs that you need him. Go ahead, big dog. Yeah, I was gonna say I I think Tony, you're overvaluing defense in the NBA. Bro. Oh my like, gosh! You okay. pay you. Like, you I pay, didn't realize we had a casual on the line. Like, this is you know Tony's you, the man that said that think, that loved the Gobert deal. Let's get him on the record. When the Gobert deal happened, he said defense matters. And I mean, it ended up being the matter. worst <laughs> trade in the history of the NBA. It's only the worst trade. Their team looked straight when Cat was hurt. It's only the worst trade because of the the fact that Cat's having to play the four, and they're trying to play those two guys together, which How is not a. How did they look? What? So, let me they look strong. Quick, I would finish? love. Can I, I would love quick? Ant with just a big rim running, like rim protector on defense. Like that's perfect for him. Yeah. Like Gobert without Cat is perfect. But go ahead, Big Dog. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say, bro. When you think of the best players in the league, bro, how many of them are really defender first or elite defenders? I mean, Braun, Curry, KD, Jokic. I mean, only one that really plays defense like that—that's the top player—is probably you know Giannis, really. But Kawhi's not the defender that he was, but he's still offensive. Dame. I mean, Luca. I mean, Devin Booker. I mean, so I mean, you you pay more so for offense than anything nowadays. I mean, you can get defenders, rotational players that can, I mean, like a Van, you know, Vanderbilt or however. Like, you can get, you know, guys on your bench that can play defense or whatever, but you want your star players to get buckets. I mean, the whole point of the game is to get buckets. Um, And, I mean, you can supplement solid defenders around the league or you can scheme certain things to be okay defensively. But at the end of the day, bro, it's about getting the points first. And Dame is a point getter, like, I think didn't you average a career high last year, like thirty three or thirty two a game? Like, you know, I'm no. sorry, Drew Holiday is not going to perform that. I don't care how many times he defends Damn. the body and maybe get a steal or two difference, but when somebody dropped him fifty, sixty, I mean, Dame dropped what seventy? You know, in the game, I mean, you you're not going to go that, bro. Dame gets buckets. Be better than Dame gets buckets, but against the team they are going to be matched up against in the Eastern Conference Finals. He's going to have Drew Holiday all over his ass. He's going to have Derek White all over his ass. He's going to have Jalen Brown all over his ass. 
when they get a switch in the pick and roll, Al Horford is a very adequate defender when he's stuck on a switch. Like, he might have been getting 70. He's not getting 70 against those players. So I think I'm, I, I, that matchup, so, and then having whoever gets out of that matchup play Denver in the finals, like, it's like a wet dream for an NBA fan. Like, this is like going to be yeah. some high, high, high level basketball. So you got Denver coming out of the West no matter what? Who's going to beat them? Why are they a worse team? Because they lost Warriors. Bruce Brown? Warriors? Nah. Okay, so what y'all what did y'all think about now that the what exactly Jordan Poole said about Draymond now that that's come out? What did y'all think about Wait, that? Wait, what did he say again? About your Big Dog, did you hear? Yeah. A- you're an expensive backpack cuz you're an expensive backpack for 30. <laughs> 30 meaning Steph Curry cuz Steph Curry is used to be carrying him. Oh. So he basically compared Draymond to like a Gucci backpack. Wow, that's pretty disrespectful, man. That he Dray- could- Draymond in 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 not so much anymore, but he was He, he was, was important. A, he was an, a very important part of that team. So, but I mean it's that is like funny, A one shit talking. Yeah, but we'll see what Jordan Poole does in Washington. <laughs> uh, it's not gonna be much. Oh wait, what what? Yeah, I'm sorry. What, were we done all what do we have anything else? We're done? No, I mean look, Santos, big dog. Talking about myself, we're all highly respected fantasy owners, and there's two wins between the three of us this year in our, you know, NWO auction league. What I about wish- Ed? Yeah. I, you left him out Are you of one in three? Yeah. I didn't realize you were one in three as well. It's yeah, and then Santos is own four. I mean, we're all like So basically we're doing this podcast. And don't listen for, to anything that yeah, we're talking about. Ignore everything. Unless Gianni said it, ignore it. I mean, the Canadians are taking over the league, bro. We'll see about I that. I give Johnny – here's the thing about Johnny. I give Johnny no credit, but also a lot of credit at the same time. He knows um, the respect level I have for him knowledge-wise, but his pitches to, to trades, I give him, like, no respect because his angle <laughs> – he knows, he knows, he knows. His angle is – always let me tell you how not good this guy is on your team and I want him <laughs> right so like he's he's always got an angle and let me get don't get it twisted he he sends plenty of fair deals to a lot of people because you know he's not stupid but his pitch makes me so sick that I just have to decline 99.9% of the offers I get. Just off of principle. Well, I mean, like, the DJ Moore he was talking about, you know, he made it like, yeah, he made out with DJ Moore and that was it. But, like, Jordan Love, to me, is uh, a guy I had my eye on before the season as well. And, to be honest, it helped out this week because I didn't have a – I was about to not have a quarterback. Luckily, I had Jordan Love, but – his softest part of the schedule is coming up, and it's looking bright. Yeah. Was, bright. I think that was a good deal y'all both made. You My know, something soft. I got to say, too. <laughs> I got to say something just for the whole league. Like, I think, and this is for anybody in fantasy, too, as well. Like, sometimes when you start over-trading the same players, like, after a while, like, that player loses value to me mentally. Like, 
for example, like the Mike Williams. Like Mike Williams is actually a good player, but Mike Williams was used like a Las Vegas stripper. <laughs> and after a certain while, it's just like it's just a running joke. Like, ah nah, man, like now nah, I don't even like Mike Williams. Like, Mike Williams was a good receiver. Like it should have been a wide receiver too, really. But like when you see so many deals of the same player, it kind of diminished that. So like I think in general, I think all of us could do better to be more strategic when we're sending out offers. Like, would I actually accept this deal? Like, you know, I know it can benefit you, the person sending it, but like, why would, you know, me or whoever take this deal? Like, does he need a quarterback? Does he need a play player? Like, I was wondering, does that go in anybody's mind when they're sending out offers or is it just like, how does it benefit me? All the time. So that's something I think we should, you know. All the time. Okay. Me, me, me. me and Johnny's had some great trades. I mean, No, like, okay. So let's talk about the trade offer you made me earlier today. Oh, me? what? No, no, no. Zay I'm Flowers? Talking to El- yeah. Zay, Zay Flowers? Flowers for who? For Eckler? Straight up, right? Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with that? Okay. Come on. <laughs> what's yeah. wrong with that? All right. Yeah, that's crack. Yeah. Uh, Santos, mean, what's the ruling on so, that? So, Santos, you respect the Zay Flowers for Eckler offer more than you respect how I speak to you when we make an offer. How I speak to you. It's going to take a lot more than a Zay Flowers for Eckler to surpass the little respect I have. <laughs> oh, that's just terrible. Oh, my gosh. I mean, me and Jenny, there was such oh a rivalry. God. The Christian Watson, Drake Let me London give you an example. Let me give you great. an example. Yesterday, yesterday afternoon, the Jays game's just starting. It's game one of the playoffs wild card series. I get a text from Johnny. Wait, tell him the Jay score. Fan, tell him the score. Following along. Tell him the score. He's, he's texting me, and he, this is what he tells me. He goes, can I make a case for why DJ Moore is better than Olaf? That's what he's <laughs> texting me. Okay? Oh, Olaf. Clearly, he wants Olaf. Like he wants Olaf in a trade. And that's what he texts me, and that's how he wants to start off a negotiation where he thinks that I'm just going to absolutely love DJ Moore and, and I'm just going to give him Olaf just because of his immaculate brain thinking about how much better this guy is that nobody could have thought about it. Gianni that's why I have response. no respect for you. So you're 0 and 4. Oh um, no, no, hold on. This is part of the Hold on. Dude, drop the mic. No, bro. Drop the mic. That's, After that, that's the only thing you need. I, I can't I believe mean... you said that. That was so disrespectful <laughs> to someone who was supposedly a friend for you to open it he by just saying. He disrespected that? me for like three minutes straight I mean, and I sat here. Your offer and your opening verbiage is like low key disrespectful. Okay. Right? All right. right. So but you saying your own four. Like first of all, yeah. Okay. It's like first of all, you ain't rap long enough. That's <laughs> like, not that's not what I meant about that. I meant what's going on in New Orleans right now. Derek Carr is banged up. He's got a noodle arm. Kamara came back and had 14 targets. Couldn't get the ball to Chris Olave down the field. DJ Moore is gonna have as many targets as Olave, being the number one in his offense. And he's going to have a more productive next couple weeks while Carr gets healthy. Okay, so then that, why make the move? Because I'm 4-0 and and I value Alave more down the season. So why yeah. not See, say... why? Like, Go ahead, Santos. 
No, this is the nonsense he talks about. It's like some sort of godsend gift he's giving me with DJ Moore because it's going to help me so much now because he knows every matchup and how they're going to play out that if I don't make this deal, like I'm, I'm an idiot, exactly. Because down the road, Olaf is going to be better and I need to be better right now. And DJ Moore is the greatest. He's Michael Jordan, basically. No, I just think I, I think I think DJ Moore is going to be better than Olave these next couple of weeks. That's all. And I was like, hey, you know, why not take him? And because you need wins now. You're such a charitable fellow. That's not. That doesn't guarantee me a win at all in any way, shape, or form. Do I say, oh, I got DJ Moore now instead of Olav? I'm getting wins. It, it doesn't translate. You know, it doesn't make sense. Your selling points piss me off. That's why, I mean, that's why I don't accept the man is angry. You should have sued Gianni and taken him to divorce court, fantasy trade divorce court. He's been court. good this year. He's been good. He's been good this year. Although yesterday he did really grind my ears with that with that comment. Well, I'm not going to be perfect <laughs> all year. I'm going to have oh. I'm going to have hiccups here and there. Yeah. I mean, he does but, have that nickname for a reason. The greatest? Like, why wouldn't you want DJ Moore now to secure wins for the playoff if it's such if he's going to be so good now? Why don't you want to keep him in your lineup when he's so good? Let his value build up even more because he's going to have such great matchups, and then sell him after that. Why are you going to? Why are you doing me such a great favor? And you know, the rest of the league is going to listen to this podcast, and now everyone's going to like avoid your DJ Moore offer. And DJ Moore is the new Mike Williams, basically. Yeah, I mean, I got a DJ you Moore for DK Metcalf offer today. I think so. He's offering him to everybody. I think it's time to wrap the show because we're almost at an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah. No, I offered you. Uh... No, you offered. Oh DJ yeah, Moore was, for oh, DK I thought it was my bad. I should have offered you Hollywood. He's better. Well, He's you know what? Um, I want to thank uh, Brian, aka Big Dog, for being on the podcast with us today. I want to thank Santos as well, one more time, always being here with us. Tony, G, thanks for riding, like always. And um, if you guys enjoyed the show, please give a subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. That's the best way you can help us out with the show. You know, uh, it doesn't cost any money, so hit that subscribe button. And we'll catch you guys on the next uh, pod. Peace. Peace. Peace.